The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Special edition of PFTPM on a monumental day in the National Football League after 24 years. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have reached a mutual agreement to part ways. Both Belichick and team owner Robert Kraft appeared, can't really call it a press conference because there was no conference. There was no questioning. It was a statement read by Bill Belichick, followed by a statement read by Robert Kraft, followed by an exit. Now, apparently Kraft is going to talk later today. Might be some information on whether or not they hold any rights to Bill Belichick going forward. Maybe he'll get into the contract situation and the buyout. I doubt that he will. I have a theory on that that I'll share whenever I remember to share it as we're talking about what's going on today. The big headline, though, is number one, he's out. Number two, they found a way to make it amicable. And number three, he's going to continue coaching. He said he looks forward to the future. Kraft was more specific. Kraft said, I don't look forward to seeing him wearing a cutoff hoodie on the opposing sideline. Everybody expects him to keep coaching. That's what he does. You don't take a sabbatical when you're 72. You keep going. You retire when you're 72. You keep going. You have a finite number of years left. Nothing is guaranteed. You keep going. And I fully expect that he will keep going somewhere unburdened by any obligation for a team to trade for him. Unless this mutual parting includes the understanding there'll be compensation, I don't believe it does. I think I've seen a report that it doesn't. It makes no sense. I said it all along. Now, during the season, we were kicking around, and others were as well, the possibility of a trade. But then as you get closer and closer to it, you realize he gains nothing by playing along. And it takes too long to go through that whole process of waiting for someone to have their search that complies with the Rooney rule. Time passes two or three weeks in. Then the phone call comes. You work it out. A few days later, you make the trade. And then you're starting from scratch with your own search. It just was never going to work. Never going to work. If I'm Bill Belichick, I want to go to a team unrestricted by whatever draft picks my new team would have to give up to get me. Think about John Gruden. Wouldn't he have loved to have gone to Tampa Bay without the Buccaneers giving up two first-round picks and two second-round picks? Yes. That's what Bill Belichick will do. Whatever he would have gotten if there had been a trade, whatever he would have generated for the Patriots, that stays with his next team. And there's no denying the historic nature of what the Patriots did in the salary cap era, finding a way to be competitive every year, finding a way to contend every year. Six Super Bowl wins in 24 years. 25% success rate, that's pretty damn good. And the number's gone down because there hasn't been a Super Bowl appearance since 2018. There hasn't been a playoff win since 2018, and that's one of the reasons why this didn't continue all the way until Bill Belichick decided he was retiring. Something had to change. Something had to give. 
The Patriots still regard Bill Belichick as a highly skilled coach. He'll take whatever team you give him and get the most out of them. The problem became because he was so integrally involved in building the team, the team wasn't as good. He was restricting his own ability to coach well because he was putting together a team that wasn't good enough. Which is why I think his first factor in wherever he goes next is the team already good enough. Is there really any more that I need to do? Do I need to find a quarterback? Do I need to find this? Do I need to find that? What kind of structure is already in place to acquire talent, to spot talent, and to work with the coaching staff to develop that talent? So, some of the teams that have been mentioned, and Atlanta keeps coming up. And I could see why Atlanta would want Bill Belichick. Who wouldn't want Bill Belichick? If any team would want Bill Belichick, it would be the team that saw Bill Belichick coach his way out of a 28-3 third-quarter hole in the Super Bowl. Yes, the Falcons would want Bill Belichick. Hair of the dog that bit you. Yes. Why does Belichick want the Falcons? You know, they haven't done anything with GM Terry Fontenot. Would they fire Fontenot if they get Belichick? Would they reassign him? What would they do? The bigger question is, what if Belichick calls Arthur Blank and says, I'm interested in coaching your team. I just don't want Rich McKay there. And I know nothing about the relationship between McKay and Belichick. But I know this. McKay is a survivor. McKay has found a way to be directly involved in football operations and have no accountability when football operations go poorly. Having a guy like that around who's your conduit to owner and is the one who shapes the message to the owner, I don't know that I want that if I'm Belichick. Nothing against Rich. I just don't know that I want that if I'm Belichick. I want a direct pipeline to the owner with no interference, no intermediaries, no liaisons, me and the owner, just like it was in New England. It's me and the owner. So, yes, the Falcons should be interested. I don't know why Belichick would be. Don't have a quarterback there. Where are you going to get one? They get the eighth overall pick in the draft for the third straight year. Can they get, they get a quarterback there? So, money may change everything. The opportunity to go to a division where you look around and say, okay, maybe I could get six wins a year in this division. Maybe I can fatten my record up in this division like I used to do when I was the Harlem Globetrotters and the other three teams in the AFC East were the Washington Generals. I just don't think, no matter how badly Atlanta might be interested in Bill Belichick, I don't think Belichick would be putting Atlanta at the top of his own list. The Chargers are a team that rise to the top of many lists because they've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. But I think a lot of people who follow the league closely and who know how the sausage gets made understand that something's off with the Chargers. You scratch the surface and it starts to smell like dysfunction. Justin Herbert is an attraction. I don't know that Belichick wants to go to the West Coast. I don't know how far he wants to stray from the East Coast. Now, he's been all over the place as a coach, but his greatest success has come close to home relatively speaking. And that leads me to the other team that is out there that is looking for a coach, looking for a head of football operations. And folks, I'm not going to say anything bad about the folks who cover the team. But with the commanders, you got to understand that a lot of these reports are coming directly from the people they deal with on a regular basis. 
who may be feeding something self-serving to somebody who's going to take it and run with it. Something that is incomplete, something that is not exactly accurate, something that doesn't really reflect what's going on inside the mind of the owner. I know, and I'm not backing off of this. I know. Josh Harris, new owner of the team, is enamored with the idea of making Bill Belichick the head coach. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. And it's quite possible, as we see these reports that it's not going to happen, don't don't you think there's a chance there's already been somebody who's reached out through an intermediary to find out if he'd be interested? And if I'm Belichick, you know, I was just talking about the Falcons where you got to worry about Rich McKay, and that could be enough that makes Belichick say no. You've got multiple owners. Yes, Josh Harris is fully in charge, but Irvin Magic Johnson with his 4%, he kind of takes over the room when he walks in. I've seen interviews with him where they characterize him as the owner. Then there's a couple of other limited partners. Josh Harris mentioned all three of them. And I'm, I'm, trying to be, I'm being realistic about the facts that are staring us in the face. I'm willing to give Josh Harris the full benefit of the doubt. But if you're doing something that seems a little different than the way other people do it, and you're creating a situation where there are Plenty of other people that a coach is going to have to worry about. I got to worry about what this owner is going to say. I got to worry about what that owner is going to say. I got to worry about this owner showing up. I got to worry about that one showing up. And then we have this committee involving somebody who wasn't even in football, who's going to help pick the people for the key jobs. Belichick may just not have the patience for that. It's possible he's already told them I'm not interested, regardless of whether or not, and this part is true, Josh Harris is enamored with the idea of Bill Belichick being the head coach. There are plenty of things that we become enamored with in life that just don't work out especially if it's not as attractive to Belichick as it could be. It's close to home. It's Annapolis in that area. That's a plus. A lot of history with the franchise. That's a plus. Stadium's a shithole. That's a minus. You do your pros and cons, like Walter White when he had his legal pad. Pros and cons of killing the guy he had with the bike lock up against the drain pipe in the basement. Pros and cons. So, Adam Peters is a wild card in all of this. I think Adam Peters is going to end up being that head of football operations, whatever the title is. He's going to be the guy in charge of football operations. You know, he was with the Patriots from 2003 through 2008. Now, just because there's a history with someone doesn't mean that that's going to lead to a future. Could be that Bill Belichick has a little regard for Adam Peters. Could be Adam Peters doesn't want to work with a guy like Bill Belichick. But there is six years Six seasons, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Peters went to the Broncos when Josh McDaniels took the job there as the head coach. All I know is, and this is separate and apart from my information that Josh Harris is enamored with the idea of Belichick being the coach. Others are saying, hey, look at this. Peters, Belichick, Peters, Belichick, Annapolis, Peters, Belichick. So just be discerning, folks, as you process this information. The people who cover a given team on a regular basis are getting stuff from people they always talk to with that team. And sometimes, sometimes you're not getting the complete story. Sometimes you know you're going along with it and you'll be rewarded on the back end. And if circumstances change, they'll give you the scoop and they'll give you the explanation. They'll make it right with you. But I think it's as simple as this. Harris would like to finagle away for Belichick to be the coach. 
but it's a tall order. That's what I think. When you look at the other options Bill Belichick is going to have, I think it's going to be difficult to lure him to a place where there's too many chefs. And it's not a criticism. It's just counting. Too many chefs, too many cooks, too many people that I got to worry about. I just want to coach the football team with minimal distraction and a straight line to the owner. When I need something, I want to go straight to the owner. So let's see what happens. Maybe Adam Peters convinces him. I'll insulate you from everything. You just coach. I'll get you whoever you want. You tell me who you want, I'll get them. You just coach. We'll see how it plays out. Now, as I said during halftime of the Bills-Dolphins game on Sunday Night Football, if we're only looking at the teams that didn't make the playoffs, we're not looking everywhere we should be. Twelve teams play this weekend. Six will lose. And some of these teams, if they lose, they're not going to throw their coach overboard. If the Lions lose, Dan Campbell's not gone. If the Rams lose, Sean McVay's not gone. If the Packers lose, Matt LaFleur's not gone. If the Bills lose, Sean McDermott most likely is not gone. In Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, maybe he leaves, maybe he doesn't, he's not going to be fired. There's two, maybe three teams this weekend that I'd be keeping an eye on. The Cowboys, as we've discussed. There's mutual respect there. There's a long history of respect. There's Bill Belichick going on and on at press conferences in the 2023 season before he was getting ready to play the Cowboys and in 2019. And there was the Jerry Jones story of how Bill Belichick said to him back in the 90s, if you ever have an opening, keep me in mind. And Jerry said, I still think about that from time to time. Why wouldn't he? He's the greatest coach in the history of the sport. You got a, a fully stocked kitchen of talent. Let him come cook the meal with the talent that you have in Dallas. You got Micah Parsons, the closest thing the NFL currently has to Lawrence Taylor. Belichick coached Lawrence Taylor with the Giants. He knows the value of having a guy who can destroy an offense single-handedly. So if the Cowboys lose on Sunday, does Mike McCarthy stay? If the Cowboys lose the following weekend, does Mike McCarthy stay? I think the real question is, if they get to the NFC Championship and they get embarrassed by the 49ers, is that when Jerry Jones throws his hands in the air and says, you know what, the only way I'm ever going to compete with these teams is to have the talent that I have and get the best coach in NFL history and slap it together and go, go out and dominate. Go out and get another Super Bowl or two or three. Who knows? And Jones, I don't know why people are surprised by this thing that started as me sharing what people in New England we're thinking could happen. The idea that maybe Belichick ends up with the Cowboys. Weeks before Belichick and the Patriots mutually parted ways. And it makes sense. At first, it's like, no, that ain't going to happen. Then you start thinking about it. You start doing the research. You see what's been said in the past. It starts to make sense. It all comes down to what Mike McCarthy does. And we've seen a couple of playoff games where, you know, in the final moment, there wasn't the best planning that quarterback draw that prevented the Cowboys from getting another snap because they didn't plan for the reality that the umpire had to teleport through the quarterback in the center to touch the ball before they snapped it and spiked it and had enough time for one more play to the end zone. Last year, whatever that Stanford band play was going to be where Ezekiel Elliott was the center 
and Cavante Turpin got blown up before he could even make the first pitch. Those are all on McCarthy. What happens this year in the playoffs if they lose? How much of it goes right back to McCarthy as it relates to how the game unfolds? Even if they lose, generally, it all goes back to McCarthy. But if there's some blunder he's made that Belichick would have never made, throwing the ball on second and 15 and giving the Lions an extra 40 seconds to drive down the field and almost win the game on that week 17 Saturday night. If there's something like that, hold on to your butts. Could be McCarthy out and Belichick in. The Buccaneers are another possibility. There's a belief that Todd Bowles could be in trouble if they lose on Monday night. He's won two straight divisions, but we know the Bucs like to go get the big names. They like to go find big name coaches. I don't know that Bill Belichick would or should want to go there because that's where Tom Brady went. You don't want to follow that same path. And then you go and you don't win a Super Bowl there. A little too conspicuous, a little too obvious, a little too clear that maybe Brady had more to do with those six Super Bowl wins than Belichick. They both were critically important. I don't believe that it was all Brady. I don't think it happens with Brady and without Belichick, and I don't think it happens with Belichick and without Brady. But to the extent that we're going to measure who did what post-Patriots, Brady won a Super Bowl his first year in Tampa. I think if Bill Belichick would go there, he really wouldn't want that apples-to-apples comparison moving forward. The last team that I'm keeping an eye on, well, there's two others. If Andy Reid retires, I don't know that he will. All I know is there was enough smoke last year to make me wonder whether there's a flicker of a flame this year. There's only one team that's got Patrick Mahomes. Could you imagine Bill Belichick and Patrick Mahomes? And then there are the Eagles, who have been a complete and total hot mess the past six weeks, one in five. Nick Sirianni looks like he's doing hostage videos when he does Zoom press conferences. If they lose, and they're the better team than the Buccaneers, if they lose on Monday night, I don't know what Jeffrey Lurie's going to do now that Bill Belichick's available. He's faced Belichick in two Super Bowls over the past 20 years, lost one, won one. NFC East, not far from home, not far from where he grew up. And there's just been a weird vibe. It just feels like the Eagles are crumbling. They go 10-1 and and just fall apart. It's just weird. And so I don't know. Even though Nick Sirianni went to the Super Bowl last year, if they think they can get an upgrade in Bill Belichick, it's something to keep an eye on. Now, as to the Patriots, there is going to be this assumption it's Mike Vrabel. But if I'm Vrabel, I want to see what happens in Pittsburgh, and I want to see what happens in Kansas City before I commit to the Patriots. And the other thing they need to be careful about, we've mentioned this on PFT Live a couple of times, you don't want it to be too obvious. You don't want it to look like it was an inside job. You don't want to do anything that's going to get the Titans to say, we got screwed here. We got duped. We got fooled into firing Mike Vrabel when they already had a deal quietly lined up behind the scenes to go to New England. You don't want that. You don't want a tampering investigation. So you want to be careful. You want to be subtle. You want to take your time. You want to do it right. But if I'm the Patriots, yeah, I'd want Vrabel. But if I'm Vrabel... I'm not sure I'd want the Patriots if the Steelers or the Chiefs were the potential alternatives. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Let me look at some questions that we have here. And there are some non-patrons questions. I didn't really limit it, I guess. I said I'm doing a PFTPM on an end of an era in New England. If you have any questions, ask them. I didn't say only New England. So here's the first one. Since the Jets were forced to do hard knocks, do you think the NFL will finally force the Giants to do it for 2024? The Giants will be... Wait. I think the rules are... You have to have, to be exempt, new coach, playoffs in, each of the, in either of the last two years. I think it's either of the last two years, and you haven't done it or you have done it in the last 10 years. I'm getting that all screwed up. Let me try that again. To avoid being on hard knocks in the preseason, you have to have a new head coach. You have to have been to the playoffs in one of the most recent two seasons, or you have to have done it at some point in the last 10 years. There. Take that. The Giants were in the playoffs, so they can't be forced to do it this year. And the Patriots can't be forced to do it this year. That was one of the questions. Hey, if Bill comes back, two years, no playoffs. Maybe the Patriots can be forced to do it. So the Jets were forced to do it. The Jets did not want to do it. The Dolphins didn't want to do it in season. I still don't know what the formula is. I think it's... I think it's... And I'm trying to remember what I was told a few weeks ago when this was an issue. I think it's you're only exempt if you have a new coach and if you've done hard knocks within the past 10 years. Playoffs, doesn't matter. That doesn't get you out of it. And the Dolphins were tapped on the shoulder and forced to do it. Joseph O'Leary, since they agreed to part ways, does Bill not get the $25 million now? The $25 million, that's a reference to the general belief that that's what he makes per year he's got one year left under contract it's possible that they did what i said all along they should do we're just going to tear up the contract there's no buyout and there's no restriction on your ability to go elsewhere because if there had been a 25 million dollar buyout there would have been a temptation for belichick to go somewhere and get peanuts this year and stick the patriots for the rest and the patriots have been involved in the past with Brett Bielema, for example, in a controversy over whether or not they were paying fair market value to Bielema when he had a giant buyout from Arkansas. They got caught up in the litigation over it. So the best way to go here is just say, hey, Bill, you know, you're going to get a ton of money wherever you go. You don't need our money. You get $25 million, you name your price. You're going to get it. 
you're going to get at least as much as you were supposed to make here somewhere else. Why do you need our money? And there's no salary cap. It doesn't affect the operation of the team. I mean, to the extent that they're obsessed with budget, I guess it does. But this is a special circumstance. This is a chance at Bill Belichick. So the best solution would have been rip it up and everybody walk away. So I, I don't know the answer to the question. And again, maybe it'll come up when they talk to Robert Kraft today. It's one of those kind of awkward, it feels inappropriate. It's like asking someone how much they paid for their house. You know, it, gets, it delves into financial issues that maybe Kraft doesn't want to talk about, but we'll see. We'll see. Kushmanzada, what is the one spot no head coaching candidate would want to land? I don't know because I haven't talked to them about it. I wouldn't want to go to Carolina. I wouldn't want to deal with David Tepper. I wouldn't want to have to worry about somebody who doesn't know football as well as I do trying to tell me what to do with my team and possibly fire me and just be an environment that feels borderline toxic. I mean, how many other teams have owners that threw a drink on a fan? Come on. Isn't that funny how stuff goes away? We really do have goldfish brains, and we just forget about stuff. I mean, that, that was a line that you wouldn't think an owner would ever cross. Threw a drink on a fan, got fined $300,000, 50000 more than Bud Adams got fined for firing off middle fingers. Yeah, I wouldn't want to touch that Panthers job, period. Unless and until David Tepper gave me a firm guarantee he was going to stay out of my way. And that if he didn't, there'd be some gigantic balloon payment, like $100 million. Although even then, that might not be enough to get him to resist because the guy's got $20 billion. Paul PJ5, do you think we see any more head coach openings? That's what's crazy about this. And that's why I think this is so historic this week. We've seen Pete Carroll out, Mike Vrabel out, Bill Belichick out, Nick Saban retire, even though that's not NFL. It's still, holy shit, what a week. Eight, that's 25% of the league. We could still see Buccaneers. We could see Buccaneers or Eagles. Who knows? We could see Steelers if Mike Tomlin decides to walk. We could see Chiefs if Andy Reid decides to retire. That's four right there. You throw in the Cowboys if they lose and Jerry Jones decides, I'm done with Mike McCarthy. We could have more than a third of the league looking for new coaches. And it just feels like this process could go slowly because if I'm looking for a coach, I want to know who all's out there. And if I'm a candidate, I want to know what jobs are available. Crazy times, crazy week. It's going to be an action-packed month, maybe longer. Who knows when the dust is going to settle on these searches. Uh, Let's see what else we have here. Manvilla 625, what do you make of Kerry McNair's attempts to seek guardianship of Janice McNair, the owner of the Texans, and what are the consequences the Texans may face? This is a story we haven't discussed. I wrote about it. But news broke on Tuesday. It's been a roller coaster week, and I'm trying to remember the day, but it was Tuesday night. I caught wind of an application that was filed in November for Kerry McNair, the brother of Cal McNair, to obtain guardianship of Janice McNair, who is still alive, but he wants to have her declared incapacitated. She's 87 years old. She's the owner of the Texans, the principal owner of the Texans. Cal McNair is the CEO. And there's a fight over whether or not the application itself is even going to be made public. They want to keep all of this secret. They said it could be detrimental to the Texans if it comes out. And there were affidavits submitted. That's just written testimony from both Cal McNair and Janice McNair talking about the impact that this information would have on the Texans and their partners and speculation about ownership. And if you read between the lines here, 
I think it's not unreasonable to wonder whether or not Carrie McNair wants to take over his mother's estate, have control over her decisions, and sell the team. A team that cost $700 million by way of expansion fee in 2002 when they debuted and could be sold for 10 times that now, $7 billion, maybe more. And we hear about Jeff Bezos all the time, maybe buying an NFL team. Jeff Bezos spent multiple years, a big chunk of his childhood, growing up and living in Houston. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. And it's a shame it's happening to the Texans at a time when they're getting their act together on the football field. But this is what happens when the teams aren't corporations. And I'm not saying corporate structure is the end-all, be-all, and there can still be malfeasance, and there can still be infighting, and there can still be problems. But, but, this whole idea of these billion-dollar businesses being passed around like you know, grandpa's watch. I don't know if that's the best way to run a football team. And to have this kind of legal issue that clouds the future of the Texans, that's not good for anybody. It, it sounds cold and impersonal to think of it that way, that these corporations, that these teams should be corporations. I think most teams would be better off than their current structure. Mom and pop, billion-dollar mom and pop store. I think a corporation with a board of directors and a CEO and checks and balances and, you know, requirements that people have the actual competence to run the team. You don't have to have competence to run a team. You either have to have, to have enough money to buy it or you got to be related to the person who owned it and died. All right. Did him. Does Bill have to win a Super Bowl with his new team to prove he can win one without Brady? like how Brady did it without Bill. We talked about that earlier. I, I don't think he has to, but it would be nice. His legacy is what it is. But to the extent that we're keeping score, if he could win one without Brady and without New England, just like Brady won one without New England, without Belichick, yeah, that helps. But it doesn't change how we view Bill Belichick as one of the great coaches of all time, no matter what he does going forward. Manvilla 625, does Nick Casario's adamant denial of interest in the Patriots GM opening close the door on him returning? It seems the Texans are set up to succeed and by all accounts have a good relationship between him and D'Amico Ryans. I don't believe Nick Casario is going back to New England. I don't think they'd want him, frankly. I don't know that. I don't think they'd want him. And they're moving in a new direction now. I thought maybe the Casario return was being floated as a way to keep Belichick, to try to fix the issues there. But... I don't think it would have, and I don't see Casario going back, and I don't see the Texans letting him go. Why would you let him go? The guy just hit a home run with both the second overall pick and the third overall pick in the draft. He hit a home run with D'Amico Ryans. Why would you let him go at this point? It's working. Why would you, why would you go somewhere else when it's working where you currently are? Tom Marshall, could Bill Belichick get Kirk Cousins over the hump in, say, Atlanta or Washington? Well, it would be Josh McDaniels, and that's going to be the next question. Does Josh McDaniels put a staff together. I've already heard a little rumblings about McDaniels putting a staff together. Does he put an offensive staff together and partner up with Belichick? Maybe he does. And with Cousins, you got to have enough of a team around him. And it helped that he had continuity into year two, hearing the same voice in his helmet in Kevin O'Connell. That all helped. I don't know that Kirk Cousins is the answer for Bill Belichick. We'll see. He could do a lot worse especially in Atlanta. 
or Washington. Either of those teams would benefit from Kirk Cousins. Wouldn't it be something if new ownership in Washington would be the one that brings Kirk Cousins home? That would be, that would be something. All right, let's see what else we have here. <laughs> Could Bill wait for Dallas to lose and that job will be open? Unless Dallas makes a championship game, McCarthy will be gone. Yeah, we've already been talking about that. I probably shouldn't have done that one. I'm, I'm, giving, you, I'm giving you a little airtime here, let it ride. Wiggy Tim, yes, I think Bill will wait. I think at a minimum, he wants to see all the jobs that are out there before he picks one. That means waiting to see if the Cowboys lose short of the Super Bowl, waiting to see what Mike Tomlin does once the Steelers are done, waiting to see what happens in Philadelphia, if anything, waiting to see if Andy Reid retires when the Chiefs are done. You let it go. You let it ride. And I know you're going to want to get to work, but you also want to make sure you're going to the right spot, the one that is best suited to you winning one or more Super Bowls. If they're keeping score, you want one to catch Brady. You want another one to pass him. All right. We'll call it a day. Thanks, as always, for some of your time. We'll do PFT Live on Friday morning with Peter King. And we will be constantly posting content about everything happening in the National Football League. And it is a crazy, nutty time with all the coaching changes, playoff games to come, and anything else that may be happening. We'll be on top of it at PFT. Thanks, as always. See you again tomorrow. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh -oh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.